Hello, how is it going? Welcome to another episode of the Leo Arvis podcast. And in today's podcast episode, we are going to dive deep into the world of nutrition, fitness, and wellness from around the globe. Because just for some context, and you may or may not be aware of this, I've lived in four different countries, three different continents, Portugal, England, Japan, and the USA. And I know I speak about this time to time on social media, but what I've never done before is speak about all four countries in the context of, like, together. Of course, I've spoken about them individually, but together and, like, side by side in the context of nutrition approaches out there or weight loss approaches out there in these countries or strength training and how maybe the attitudes around these subjects are like within these countries. So I thought I would do that in today's podcast episode because... Again, I've never done it before and I feel like that could be quite fun. So grab your headphones, sit back and let's embark on this uh, fun episode that I have ahead of us. So um, what I'm going to do is start off with just a few diet, a dietary staple within each country and their benefits. And now they might sound quite random to you, but again, I, I guess these are going to have to be random to some sort of extent. So I'm going to start off with, again, dietary staples and I'm going to start off with England and I guess I feel like England and the USA can overlap quite a bit within the podcast episode ahead but let's get stuck in anyway so England slash the USA to an extent but I feel like this is really prevalent just all over Britain is oats so porridge oats for example and did you know I don't know if you know this but oats have been a staple in the British diet since medieval times and that was just something I quickly googled before doing this podcast episode and again I know oats sounds super random but trust me when I say I was born and raised in England and I've been to many other countries around the world like I've said even just on holiday so countries I haven't mentioned and I feel like again oats were just the biggest staple within the UK they are just so popular very commonly eaten and and it's a really good food at the end of the day as well so it's high in dietary fiber they're packed with vitamins minerals and and uh, they just do you the world of good because they're high in fiber they keep you fuller for longer and uh, beneficial for sustained energy blood sugar regulation helps with weight management because of the things i've mentioned as well so they are a good source of carbohydrates especially compared to many other sources of carbohydrates the thing about oats as well is that I feel like there's so many different ways that you can have them so it's easy to not get bored of them because you can put fruits in there you can put seeds in there you can put honey like chocolate you know different types of milks like maybe just regular milk semi-skim milk full-fat milk oat milk etc so there's just so many ways that you can approach oats that I feel like they're just a very a very variable food which is what I was about to say I don't feel like that makes much sense but makes much sense but you get what I mean and again I I feel like oats was just a really random one to start with but again these shouts are going to have to be random to some sort of extent and I would definitely put oats up there the second country in regard to dietary staples is Portugal and I'm going to say fish so seafood is massive and you know what I would say this for Japan as well but in Portugal specifically it's like sardines and cod the nation Portugal just loves fish especially bocalhau which is again cod and if you know much about fish you will know that they are a nutrient powerhouse they're rich in omega-3 fatty acids protein 
essential vitamins. So consuming fish can reduce inflammation, boost brain health, and even aid in muscle recovery because of the protein. So there's a lot of benefits to having fish in your diet. Maybe not necessarily, you don't maybe have to have it every single day. That's not to say that, but you would do well to have it included at some point, time to time. If you're serve, if you're seeking serving ideas, then you know consider grilled sardines with olive oil, so even more healthy, so healthy fats there as well. Traditional codfish cakes, which are also po- uh, popular in Portugal as well. So again, up until now we've had oats for England, fish for Portugal, and then for Japan, I'm going to say fermented foods. Again, I could have said seafood as well for Japan, and there's there's so many things you could say for these countries to be honest, but I'm just picking one at random. And for Japan, I'm going to say fermented foods, which are miso soup or miso, I should say specifically, and natto. And if you don't know what or natto is, then you can Google it. But um, they have a, a history, like I think they have a very long history within Japan. Uh, they're probiotic rich and a great source of vitamins. So with the the fact that it's probiotic rich, rich means it's really good for gut health and digestion and uh, even boosting the immune system to an extent. And I don't feel like I can speak about this too much in regard to gut health because that's not my area of speciality. Like I'd be lying to you if I was trying to make out I was some sort of gut health expert. I'm not. It's something I do want to learn more about because I feel like with time, I've started to appreciate its importance the more I've educated myself on it. But I do wonder if the fact that in Japan they consume so many fermented foods, if it is one of the many reasons why there is such a low obesity rate in Japan and a high life expectancy. Again, I'm sure there's so many reasons for those things, but I wonder if these fermented foods, which in turn is really good for your gut health, is playing a role. And if so, to how much how much, like to what extent. So it's quite a an interesting thought there. And then the fourth and final country on this list for dietary stables is the USA. And again, England and the US can overlap quite a bit, but I feel like nowadays organic foods or farm to table trends are really growing in popularity. And where it's emphasizing fresh local produce, you know, fresh produce also contains more nutrients as well, typically speaking, supports local economy. So there is that it's more environmentally friendly, which I know a lot of uh, countries are starting to think more about, or at least they say so, whether they are, I, I don't actually know, you know, in the background. But yeah, I do feel like organic foods and farm to table trends are, are growing in popularity so much within England and the USA. And this isn't to say that it's not happening in other countries. It could very well be. But I'm just speaking about, you know, these four countries specifically among this podcast episode, because these are the four pod, uh, the four countries that I've been to the most. And, you know, it could be happening in Japan and Portugal as well. But I'm, I'm, I feel like I've seen this much more in England and the US. And the thing is, I would say the only downside about this is they can be quite expensive, like organic foods, farm to table trends sort of thing. Yeah, they can be very expensive. So, you know, if you don't really have the budget for it, then it's very understandable. I wouldn't say these are must haves. I would say it's just more if you've got the budget for it, then, you know, it it can be a nice addition for, I would say, maybe perhaps a minor positive. Anyway, moving on to the next segment of this podcast episode is strength training trends and approaches across these different countries as well. And within this one, I put USA and England together just because what I wanted to say for, I was going to start with just England, I was going to say just England. And then I looked at this and I was like, no, this is very well the US as well, is uh, just home workouts and digital fitness. I think these are something 
again from my experience of living there and just visiting there since I've moved away as well is something that's these things are rapidly growing there you know with our ever connected world home workouts have surged in popularity especially after 2020 and um you know it's made fitness more accessible so I can't complain about it so you know you could do strength training workouts at home hit sessions if that's your thing yoga routines etc etc so there's something for everyone online and I say that being an online one-to-one fitness coach as well so these are definitely something that have grown in popularity especially in the USA and England and again I am sure that this is the case in Portugal and Japan as well but I have other things that came to mind for those that I wanted to speak about so for Portugal next is a so beach workouts and sand training that I thought was actually quite cool to speak about because, you know, obviously Portugal, if you, if you know where it ge- geographically is located, you'll know it's got a beautiful coastline that off- offers a unique fitness environment compared to at least many other countries within the world. So it's not unusual to see like people just working out on the beach, on the sand, which adds its own challenge in a way, which is nice and, you know, strengthening muscles and whatever it is they might be working on in the beach and sometimes you will see on the beaches in Portugal like they will have some pull-up bars or bars to do dips and just calisthenics in general which I think is quite nice because they know people are doing workouts on the beach so I think this is just a, a really nice thing to have and again it's just the perk of I guess having a country that is that has a lot of coastline and um and then, you know, there's beach sprints as well, which are, are really nice. So, or well, I say they're really nice, then they're, they're obviously not nice to do, but they're an, a nice, I guess, type of option to have if you did want to do them. And then for Japan, uh, just calisthenics and body, body weight training are incredibly popular, uh, especially amongst the elderly, I feel like, amongst the elderly. And I say that because when I lived in Japan until this day, Japan was the only country that I've ever lived in or even visited where I saw the elderly population consistently exercising in the park nearly every single day. And I thought that was amazing. I didn't. I haven't seen that Maybe, you know, you do see the odd individual doing that in other countries, but in Japan, it was like a lot of elderly people and they'd go to the park, they'd do calisthenics, they'd, and the amount of chin-ups they could do in the park would put a lot of people to shame. So it was amazing to see, and they'd go there, do calisthenics, do their stretches. And, you know, I, I did mention Japan's super low obesity rate and high expectancy earlier. I have no doubt that this plays a role there, and I, I'm sure it plays a massive role. Anyway, on to the final section of this podcast. So weight loss approaches and attitudes amongst these three countries. And as I said earlier, you know, there could be so much to say, so much more to say amongst these three countries within each specific subject. But I am just picking one point at random for each one. So please do understand that. Like I I don't want to hear on the back of this podcast episode saying I skipped Y thing or X point or or, you know, whatever it might be. Again, I'm just speaking about one point in isolation. Anyway, weight loss approaches and attitudes. So I feel like, again, I'm going to put England and the USA together in this one. I feel like high intensity interval training, I feel like it's dying down in popularity a little bit. I might be wrong. Maybe it's just not in my social media bubble. But I feel like HIIT workouts have really grown in popularity amongst these countries for weight loss specifically, which is actually a very incorrect way to approach weight loss like hit again has been marketed as this magical weight loss thing or workout i should say but it's really not that because first of all weight loss is primarily going to come down to your nutrition 
and uh, you're never going to uh, exercise what you eat and drink. And then, but if you were to use exercise to help you lose weight, you always want to start, you want to go for strength training, strength training and walking. It's not going to get better than that. So here is, I feel like just this mistake that has a, not, I don't want to say mistake. I feel like it's just got a lot of misleading marketing behind it. And most people who are doing HIIT exercises have no business doing HIIT workouts. HIIT workouts could probably be good. You know, they could be a good suggestion, for example, who for someone who's doing martial arts and maybe Brazilian jiu-jitsu. As you know, I've been doing that since February of uh, 2023. And that that could have a place there. And I would say even then, I would just say once a week. Most people who are doing it are doing it because they want to lose weight and they're doing it several times a week. And that is a terrible idea. That is, is, is too, it's unnecessarily high intensity. It's just not what you want to be doing. Again, walks and strength training is definitely what you want to prioritize. And that's just something that came to mind for these two countries. And you know what? also comes to mind is for these two countries because there's two countries i'm going to name two points but this is just something that spontaneously come to mind is plant-based diets for weight loss as well i feel like a lot of people are doing or going plant-based for the wrong reasons where they're using it primarily as a tool for weight loss when that's not a good idea if you're going to do it for ethical reasons or religious reasons great go like do it i am standing by you 100% but for weight loss it's a terrible idea because that's not how you want to be approaching weight loss you don't want to be approaching weight loss with a mindset in which you're focusing on exclusion where you're excluding an entire food group most people I've noticed just go into it and they I feel like they actually worsen their relationship with food and maybe you can relate to me maybe you've done this and maybe you went there and you realized that or maybe you know someone that it happened to but again, you don't want to be excluding entire food groups. You want to go into weight loss with just a more of a, an inclusion mindset. And by that, I mean like more protein, more water, more more fiber, for example, more fruit, more vegetables. So you see how we're focusing more of what we should emphasize rather than what we should exclude. And that goes in with a much healthier mindset in your weight loss journey. And the thing is, when you're trying to lose weight and you go for these plant-based diets, you don't, most people who are doing it, they don't know much about nutrition, at least from my experience, what I've witnessed. And all of a sudden they exclude all these protein sources. And that's just like an even worse thing. So yeah, there's just a lot wrong with it. You don't want to be doing plant-based diets, which again, why I single it out is because I feel like they are, it is a, it's an approach that has grown in so much popularity within England and the US specifically for weight loss. So these are just two things you want to be wary of. Anyway, Portugal. I feel like a lot of outdoor activities are incredibly popular popular here. And I would say the same for Japan, but I'm just going to single this out for Portugal. And I do feel like this is something that's growing in popularity for people who want to lose weight because Portugal, you know, there's so much to do. Surfing, hiking, there's an activity for every single fitness level. Portugal has beautiful, stunning landscapes, amazing national parks. The weather is good for a long time. Like we had summer until mid-October here in Portugal this year, 2023. And like even in mid-October, it was like 30 degrees every single day in Lisbon, which is, it, it was just really hot. And then in the south of Portugal, where my grandparents live, it was like 35 degrees in mid-October. So as you can see, it's just easier to be outdoors and do outdoor activities for much longer throughout the year, which is, again, really good from a weight management or weight loss perspective, because 
you know, you're more likely to go on walks, go on hikes, and just be moving, which is always a good thing. And then in Japan, I thought I'd just single out, you know what, I'm going to go for walking again. I feel like basically everything I said about Portugal is actually true for Japan. So I don't feel like I need to, to say its own whole thing. And um, I'm going to be fully transparent with you. It's just because what I had in mind for Japan vanished. So I, I can't forget it, but I, I can't remember it right now. But, you know, exactly what I said for Portugal is the exact same for Japan. And Japan is actually quite big. It's a lot bigger than most people imagine um, or, or realize. So... Really understand that there's a lot to do there as well. You know, you can get outside, you can do so much stuff. And you know what? I know for a fact that this is the case in the US as well. So I don't want you to be hearing this and thinking, oh, but what about the US? You know, you just, I don't know, spent like five minutes saying the US only focuses on hit and and, and uh, veganism, which again, like I said, I'm just picking out one point for each specific country, but you, you can go on loads of walks to amazing places within the US, within Portugal, within Japan, and see amazing sites, amazing landscapes, have good weather depending on where in the country you might be, go to beaches. So it's much easier just to get outside and be moving. And I know I said you can't out-exercise what you eat and drink, and that is true, but, you know, movement, it always helps by that. I would say even just, like, more specifically, like, you know, your walks and uh, strength training exercises. And so it's just... You know what, I'm going to end the podcast here just because I feel like I've pretty much said everything that I wanted to say. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Uh, that's a wrap for today. So from the heart yotes of England to the meditative medit- meditative walks of Japan, I feel like we covered quite a bit anyway. Um, we covered, We did cover quite the distance, pun intended. So I hope you found some inspiration within this podcast episode that you can maybe apply to your own nutrition or your own strength training or your own weight loss approach. And if you have any questions or comments, I know you can leave comments on podcast episodes now. So perhaps do that or let me know what you think of it by reaching out to me on social media. Otherwise, take care. Have a lovely day. Keep crushing it. And I'll see you around. That wraps it up for another episode of the Leo Alves podcast. I do hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you did, then please do consider sharing it with your friends, family, group chat, or even anyone else who you know could be interested in listening to that episode. Otherwise, if you haven't already, then please do leave a five-star review on whichever platform you are listening to this on. And remember, all the relevant links, such as the inquiry form to potentially become a Keros Online member, my social media handles, a free fat loss guide, and a free workout plan are all also found in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. Otherwise, take care and I'll see you around.